Miracy. Hi, I'm Melinda Cohen, host of Just Between Coaches. You likely listen to Just Between Coaches because you know that one of the best ways of becoming a better coach is to learn from the experience of others. That's why I thought you might enjoy a new show that just joined the Miracy FM podcast network. It's called Behind the Launch, and it's hosted by a friend and colleague, Cynthia Lamb. Over a period of 18 months, Cynthia conducted interviews with key members of the Miracy launch team to really explore the emotional ups and downs of launching a product or service. To give you a taste of the show, we're running the first episode right here in the Just Between Coaches feed. If you like what you hear, make sure to find Behind the Launch in your favorite podcast player and subscribe. With launches, I feel like there's always something you can do better. And so I give it a couple of days to just kind of feel like crummy about it or whatever the negative emotions are. And then it becomes, okay, what can I do? Hello, and welcome to Behind the Launch, the show that pulls back the curtain on the ups and downs of launching a product or a service. I'm Cynthia Lamb, Director of Podcasts at Miracy FM. Over a period of 18 months spanning four different product launches, I conducted 19 interviews with the people who pull off the amazing feat that is a Miracy product launch. In the first episode, we explored the excitement of the million dollar launch of Launch My Courses in May of 2020. Then we talked about the disappointment of the launch of the same product in May of 2021 that brought in only a fraction of that. Here's a quick review. You know, it was sad because a year ago, the perfect storm of things all magically lined up. COVID was still really early days and everyone was suddenly working from home. People had freedom they didn't have before. There were government stimulus checks going out. So suddenly people had money to invest or spend on a dream or an idea that previously they didn't feel like they had that disposable you know, income to invest in, but now they felt like they did. And, and then time, there were a lot of people who finally actually had time. So fast forward to May, 2021, and then the launch did not turn out with those numbers. That was Mary Williams, then director of education. When you're faced with a launch that doesn't meet your expectations, of course, you're going to be disappointed. Here's Bumi Patak, COO of Mercy. If it was a very good launch, then you're like, whoa, that worked really well. I wonder what resonated. You know, what are my hypotheses around what, you know, was it that made this launch super successful? On the heels of a disappointing launch would be, you know, oh, this sucks. This is really discouraging. Like sometimes I see our students who are launching and the launch doesn't go as planned and then it takes them a very long time to kind of get over it and put themselves out again. In other words, we tend to ruminate in our disappointment a bit too long. Here's Danny Eaney, CEO of Miracy. Well, what you want to make sure you don't do is start spinning out, right? You don't want to start like doubting everything that you think is true. You don't want to be like, oh, well, maybe I just don't know how to do this. The reality is that, you know, it's, it's a high stakes, challenging thing. And, you know, again, nobody's going to bat a thousand. Here's Joey Gorgi, director of operations at the time. In the launch world, like this is why having your business centered on a launch model is risky is because when you expect really great results and you're doing something twice a year and all your revenue is coming from it, like that's where it becomes very stressful and a very risky business model. Okay. Don't spin out. 
Be realistic about the risk, but then what do you do? Ideally, like Copy Chief April Jimenez said at the top of the show, you regroup. But what does that look like Miracy style? Here is a nice reframe from Danny. Remember how in the beginning of episode one, he said he was pretty disappointed and you could really hear that emotion in his voice? Well, here's his perspective from later in that same interview. If I were like kind of trying to pre-script a show like this, it would come out best from, you know, a devastating failure that I was completely miserable about, which I'm not. So it doesn't make for the best arc of a story. I feel like, you know, if I was more upset, it might make for better audio, but I'm genuinely not. In other words, over the course of our conversation, Danny became more optimistic. It was really amazing to witness, actually. He reframed the experience as we spoke. This kind of positivity is rife at Miracy, and it enables team members to pivot pretty quickly. An important part of that ability to pivot is a concept you hear often at Miracy. I mean, the thing is, when you approach a launch, a campaign, a project, you're making a whole bunch of decisions, right? We're going to focus on this content and not that. We're going to offer it at this price point and not that other one. We're going to include this next offer, but not the other thing that we could have offered, right? There are a lot of these decisions. And what we often forget is that decisions are probabilistic, right? Actions are binary, decisions are binary, but certainty is not. And just because you made the right decision based on the information you had, the criteria that was at your disposal, et cetera, just because you made the right decision doesn't mean it will necessarily turn out well, right? You know, you can cross the street only in a green light. That doesn't mean you will never get in an accident, right? And you can jaywalk all the time, cross in reds. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be in an accident, but the odds are that you're a lot safer making the right call, which is crossing when it's green, right? You know, an 80% right decision will blow up in your face one out of five times, And so you want to make sure that when you're looking back on something that didn't work out as well as you want, you don't conflate bad decisions with bad outcomes, which may often come together, but don't necessarily, right? Just because the outcome was bad doesn't mean all your decisions were bad. And you want to make sure to not just second guess all your thinking, because that can sometimes lead you to make worse decisions next time. As I've said, this series is not meant to be a primer on how to execute launches, but this is one gem I'm taking away. A good decision can lead to bad outcomes. But that does beg the question, how do you sort that out? Here's Danny again. I would recommend most entrepreneurs follow my example. The next thing I did wasn't do another launch. The next thing I did after a disappointing launch was really try to dig into and understand where did I miss the mark? I thought this would happen. Something else happened. Which assumptions did I make that are incorrect? You always want to sort of get your bearings back of where you are. And so you're always curious, like, what happened? You know, like, why did this not happen the way that we thought it would? And so my first step is always to just dig into an analysis, like whatever numbers I can find, whatever hypotheses I can test, whatever correlations I can draw, I just like dive into what are the possible reasons that things didn't work out how we thought, what assumptions did we not validate that we should now validate. 
we've seen this over and over where, you know, we have an event that goes, uh, event launch, whatever, that goes either very well or very poorly. And we debrief our hypotheses. Here's what I think happened. Here's what I think is responsible for the stellar or disappointing results. But then we go back to the data and sometimes we run experiments. And a good portion of the time, the data comes back and says, no, you know what? Your assumptions were all wrong. It's something completely different. And if we had just taken our armchair quarterbacking of, you know, here's what I think it is. We should just go with that. We would have cannibalized and done a lot of damage to the things that were actually driving our success. During this debrief process, Danny asks himself three questions. The first question is, did I learn something? Do I know something that I didn't know two weeks ago? Do I know something that I didn't know when all this started? And the answer is yes. You know, In this case, the launch didn't perform the way we want because we had made assumptions about the market, about what the market was looking for, that turned out to just be mistaken. Right? You know, we, we were making bad assumptions, and there was really no way for us to know that without testing. So you know, we learned a lot. Second question is, okay, do I know what to do next? Do I know where do I go from here? This is really important because human beings hate ambiguity. One of the worst things about something, you know, not working out or falling apart is it leaves you in this state of limbo of like, now what? But, you know, we had really clear next steps. Okay, we we learned a lot from the launch. We have these assumptions. We're going to test them in these ways. So we had clear next steps. And then the third question is, okay, things didn't work out the way you want. What kind of damage control do you need to do? And, you know, even days away from the end of the launch, we saw kind of the direction this was pointing and we looked at the financial projections and what do we have to do? And we we're like, okay, this is not ideal, but you know, business has been good for a while. We had some money in the bank. We had some reserves of resources we could call on. And so the impact wasn't going to be that dramatic, uh, which is not to say it's ever fun when you come in half a million dollars short of where you hoped you'd be, but we were okay, at least for the short term. Notice that he said, try to figure out what went wrong, test your assumptions. He didn't say, lay blame. He did not say, figure out who screwed up. And that's part of, I think, the leadership. Like, Danny didn't put the blame on any one person, whether or not he... And the truth is, I don't think he feels it was any one person's fault. Typically, these things aren't. Even if something does, sort of the root issue did come from one person, it's usually a symptom of an underlying sort of organizational issue. It's never just one person when you're on a team like Miracy. There's a famous story here at Miracy about an unticked box that cost the company $750,000 at a time when losing $750,000 truly threatened the company and led to layoffs. I'd heard this story several times and always assumed that one of those laid off was the person who hadn't ticked the box. But no, in fact, it was only during the set of interviews that I learned that the person who didn't tick the box, the person who cost the company $750,000, was Joey Gorgi, director of operations at the time of these interviews. But she was a new hire at the time of the unticked box. I was shocked that she hadn't been fired. So I asked Danny, why didn't he let her go? I remember exactly where I was. (laughs) (laughs) when she sent me the message. Um, If she had hidden it, that would have been a big concern. But I knew that she's good at her job. I knew that this was an uncharacteristic mistake. This is not representative of how she usually works. No, I, I never even considered firing her. When you're gearing up for what is about to be one of the most challenging couple of years that you're going to go through in business, 
you want your best people with you, right? And I knew that she was one of those, regardless of the fact that she'd made a mistake. She said your first reaction upon hearing the news was to ask her if she was okay. Well, I could tell from the message that this is like heavy stuff and she she understood the gravity. So it's not like, you know, sometimes you're like, can you, you did what? Do you, do you realize the impact of that? I knew that she realized the impact. It was very obvious. One of our values is recognizing that we're all people first. From a very cold-blooded, hard-nosed business thing, nobody's going to perform well when they're stressed and scared and frustrated and feel guilty, right? But, you know, it's not just a hard-nosed business thing. It's like, you know, we're all people first. So let's start with that. We learn from our experiences, right? There's this, um, there's this classic story from, I don't know, IBM or something, but, you know, some manager makes a mistake and it costs the company $3 million. And so he goes to, to his boss with a letter of resignation. And his boss is like, what? I just spent $3 million training you. And that was certainly the case for Joey as well, since she quickly rose through the ranks and served as director of operations for four years. So the moral of that story is if you do feel the inclination to fire someone for costing you a lot of money, maybe ask yourself if this person might be a Joey, because Joey was instrumental in getting Miracy to $13 million in 2022. I share this story for two reasons. One, I absolutely love it. And two, because it illustrates the principles that Danny is preaching. Take an objective view of your situation, regroup, assess, do your analysis, and then test your hypothesis. As you'll see in episode three, this can't but help come with a large dash of hope. I'm Cynthia Lamb, and you've been listening to Behind the Launch. Behind the Launch is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Making It. I wrote and produced this episode. Jeff Govertson was my right-hand guy, creating order out of the 19 interviews. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. To make sure you don't miss great episodes coming up on Behind the Launch, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, It'd be really great if you left us a starred review. It is the best way to help us get these ideas out there to more people. Thank you. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? 
In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy, folk, or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.